Hello and welcome to episode 54 of Cup of Tech Podcast. We are totally recording live and in person and not a week or two before we're going to... No, this is terrible. All right. <laughs> what are we talking about? <sighs> Anyways, um, so are we, are we just jumping straight into episode 54 now? We're jumping right into episode 54 with okay. both feet. Okay, so you guys are really, really weird right now. (laughs) I'm just going to go straight up and say, we are recording episode 54 right after episode 53. We're not going to try to make people believe anything else. So if there are some exciting news that came out throughout the last week, we probably... We'll not talk about those because that would be creepy. Um, we're, we're saving Phil Schiller leaving <laughs> Apple for the week after. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. You're going to have to wait. Yeah. Uh, because right now, as you're listening, I am in Japan. I think I worked out when we release this episode, I will be in at Disneyland or oh, something yeah, in Tokyo. You're going to so, Disneyland. That's so um, exciting. Yeah. So if, if the time works out, if you start listening to this at the right time, that's where I'll be. If you listen at another time, well, I don't know. I'll be somewhere. <laughs> but that is why we can't record next weekend. Because sucks at Disneyland. Um, yes, I think that's all a about great, great excuse. I would love to be at Disneyland too. You should totally, <laughs> when you're at Disneyland, you should totally go to the Tower of Terror. Oh, we do recently, they have one in there? Yeah. So cool. we, do they do that at Tokyo? I think so, yeah. Mm. Okay, yeah, because I've done that at Anaheim and it's cool. Yeah. But, and we, uh, we recently saw a documentary where they talk about how that thing works. So I'm actually appreciating it more than I did when I went last. Yeah, we should send you the documentary. Yeah. Yeah, please do. Because, I mean, I might actually watch something on the plane. No, I, I say this before every plane flight. Like, I'm going <laughs> to download so, stuff yeah. to watch. You're going to read then, two books. And then I end up sitting there. I end up sitting there looking at the person in front of me screen and trying to imagine what's going on <laughs> in that movie talk about because this I don't before? want to turn my screen on. Have we been talking about this before? Uh, maybe. maybe it was a tweet somewhere. Maybe. I feel like I always have those plans of everything I'm going to get done on the plane. <laughs> I either like I'm like either I will be really productive and do all those things I lined up and all those things that I have planned and read all those things I downloaded. Or if I don't feel for that, I'm going to sleep really well and wake up perfectly refreshed and be <laughs> fine on my vacation. None of those ever happens. <laughs> like I'm not going in between all the different things. I'm like falling in and out of sleep, listening halfway through a podcast and then waking up realizing <laughs> I listen to like a whole selection of podcasts and it's, it's just a mess for me. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I really struggle with flying and uh, like being able to do anything at the same time i just get into this like fly state where i'm not really feeling in the mood to do anything i don't know if i'm just exhausted from the flight and yeah it's it's always uh it's never productive for me but i wish you luck no i get that completely i just kind of end up sitting there doing absolutely nothing like i'm not sleeping but i want to be sleeping and Mm. i'm not reading or i'm not using my computer i'm not doing anything that's productive i can hardly listen to podcasts on a plane it's so strange yeah i have to too um so yeah i look forward to to two red eye flights no i I usually can because i have noise cancelling headphones it's just it's it just it's almost like nothing is entertaining, mm-hmm. and and it's not like I'm it's not like I'm super bored on a plane. Like I don't sit there and go, oh, this is the most boring. I just I'm just feel like I'm happy to sit there and do nothing, <laughs> okay, which is good. so weird. For some reason, but it's like time, the, it's yeah. the twelve hours that I'm allowed to veg because like I would never do that at home. I would never just sit on the lounge <laughs> doing nothing. That would be really weird. Um, it but would be for some weird. reason, those twelve hours still pass by reasonably quickly as well. I found that to be weird. Well, yeah. No, you don't yeah. agree? <laughs> <laughs> I've had quicker passing 12 hours than flying from Australia to anywhere. For doing nothing, 12 hours went <laughs> by really quickly, though. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not... Uh, I, I can say I'm not jealous of your flight. I would like to see Tokyo, but the flight I'm, I'm okay not doing. Yeah, yeah. It's not even that bad from where you are, though. How long would it take? It's like, like what, eight hours? Eight hours. Eight hours. <sighs> Still sounds like not yeah. a thing I want to do right now. Anyway, so I did see an A and A plane at um at Vancouver Airport when I was there. Mm. So you could you could probably get a nice direct flight. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, so that is our intro part about how we're recording and our setup. I uh, got through that one quickly and smoothly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah. in on our topic list, speaking of woo. Um, the first entry is Jump No More. Yeah, who wrote this? 
Uh, I wrote this. Who? Very. Yeah, who, yeah. who wrote yeah. this? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, so I guess this is about me, I guess, is it? Uh, I mean... <laughs> oh, are you not working? <laughs> is anyone else not, not working anymore? Well, who has uh, a job no more? <laughs> no, I think it's about you, Marlon. Right, do you want right. to explain it? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, so I'm no longer having full-time employment. <laughs> I'm um, doing sort of my own <laughs> doing thing. Right. I'm, doing, I'm doing fine. <laughs> I'm still eating. Um, you, you weren't fired. It's okay. I wasn't. I wasn't. No, I decided um, <laughs> to to leave my full-time job to um, work a bit more on apps together with Kai, mm-hmm. um, as well as doing contract work. Because um, I feel like that feels like a natural fit. First of all, Kai and I are both developers. Uh, it makes sense for us to work together. And the second thing, like working on contract work and apps at the same time, makes sense uh, because we would love to be able to keep on eating while working on our own things. Um, so but we've heard right now is a great time to become an indie uh, iOS developer, so we thought, might as well go into that. Is it not a good time? What, <laughs> what, what, what do you mean it, by that? It seems like overall I hear from a lot of people who kind of leave indie work at the moment. So. Yeah, so a lot of roles are opening up. <laughs> That's how that works. Yeah, there's obviously a gap in the market. That's how that works. Uh, uh, anyways, I'm, I know it sounds like I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit uh, all over the place, but I'm actually, I actually feel like uh, you and I have a, have a good plan here, Kai. Um, yes, I, I agree. Yeah. So I'm actually really excited to work more with you, Kai, and also be able to work on a few different apps. I think um, I have been quite focused on also just uh, working on the programming side, but now I'm hoping that I will be able to focus a bit broader and do design work as well as product uh, programming and work on a product for, um, I guess, uh, being able to see a product through. Uh, that's why I'm really excited to work on our own things, because uh, I'm going to be a part of all of the different areas of the development and the same with the contract works i'm going to be able to um do more things than just developing and i think that will be a very interesting new experience Mm. yeah yeah and we have some interesting things in the pipeline of meaningful work that actually um potentially helps people so it's also I'm, I'm quite excited about working on some of that as well as uh, on our own stuff yeah and hopefully our own stuff are also going to be meaningful work not <laughs> uh, when you put it that way that's not great but um, no we, we are going to work on things that we are like really excited about both on our own side and also when it comes to the projects that we will be doing um, so we I think that will be probably great. will talk about those more in the future yeah Definitely. I think that's another thing I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to just being able to go through this journey together with um, you guys and be able to talk about this because I think, um, kind of been saying that you often hear about people um, sort of going in the developers um, or like starting their own things. And you always hear about their success when they are done with their own things or when they are like sort of, sort of in motion. Uh, so here's your, your opportunity to listen <laughs> to a right train wreck as it unfolds. <laughs> That's not what I mean. I just feel like it's fun because like we will be able to actually talk about the day to day things that you have to consider uh, when like leaving a full time job and, um, not, not, um, I know there are other podcasts for this, but I think uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's more about like all those day-to-day things that are having an impact on what, we, what we're going to do. Cooking, uh, cleaning, doing the dishes. <laughs> yeah, not, the, not <laughs> this the... podcast is going to be exciting. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying that I think I want to be very open about what we're doing and really about how we're going on this journey. And um, I think it will be great to chat about that and also sort of talk about different ideas with you, Zach. Um, it's always great to get an outsider's perspective on our plans and our ideas. So mm. yeah, no, I think this. And considering that we're not releasing this episode for for two weeks, um, we can also probably announce the name and add the, our company logo into the show show notes. Yeah. Whoa! Spoilers! Spoilers! <laughs> spoilers! <laughs> so comp- we we incorporated in Canada on the first of July. Ooh which is Canada Day. So we thought that was a good day um, f- to incorporate, considering that this is our first Canadian company. I don't know, it more happened to 
What, you can incorporate on a public holiday? What is your country? <laughs> I, was, I swear nothing I would be available to talk to that. anyone. I was like, what if we have to do something on our one-year anniversary and nothing is open? And Kai's like, what would we have to do? I'm like, I don't know. You it can't just even feels go wrong. Up, like, team lunches. The great thing is, yeah. like, if we want to have a policy where if we ever have employees and we want to give everyone the day off, it's easy because <laughs> it's a public holiday. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did That's a very cheap way of getting out of that. Well, you you got to be frugal when you just just start a business right so gotta gotta have your anniversary on a good day uh, yeah, yeah ouch you're so evil yeah it, uh, it's all strategy yeah. and more it more all fitted together that way but we also thought it was kind of kind of nice to have our first canadian company in on canada it kind of fitted um and the name is triple glaze studios inc uh, so that's that's the name, and the logo is hopefully in the show show notes in as the chapter art. <clears throat> yeah, I was uh, I was going to get on. If not, that. our new unemployment kept us so busy that we didn't get to that yet. <laughs> uh, in in which case, um, we probably just cut this part out where I commit to something we can't deliver on. <laughs> uh, because so that's <laughs> that shows the true side of what, <laughs> what it is to start a business. Yep. Um, um. <laughs> Yeah, no, but uh, I am designing a logo. Uh, I hope it's in the show notes. Um, would be great to get feedback from people. No, I we're think. not doing that again. No, we're Last not time doing we that. asked for that. We get so much feedback <laughs> of everyone saying. <laughs> everyone, <laughs> every, every, I don't think we had two people with the same opinion. I'm not. I'm not going through that again. Uh, so, <laughs> if you like it, say it. If you don't, eh. <laughs> is that that a good strategy? Uh, if If you like it, give us five stars on iTunes. If you don't like it, give us five stars on iTunes. That way we we know that works. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, and that will be our official um, like likeness tracker. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, moving on. Um, Either way, we'll be exciting. We'll 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 have hopefully things to yeah. talk about both business related and and Woo-hoo. independent. That's what people are and, tuning in for a business podcast. Gives us more time to focus on other yeah, things no. that we want to do, like contributing to the Vancouver tech industry and yeah. this podcast and other things. I feel like it, it all kind of comes nicely together with this step. Yeah, I'm really excited for for you to take this next step because I know it's something that you've wanted to do for a while, and now it's it's feasible and um, it's pretty good time for it. So I'm excited to uh, both for for you to start working on these projects that you're going to be working on, but then also just to hear how it goes and to talk about it on the show. And, um, you know, it, I, I find these kind of topics always really interesting to hear what other people's experiences are like where both starting companies and uh, sort of building software and, and, you know, ways of working and talking about those kind of things. So I think it's it's really interesting. And I know, Marlon, when you were speaking before, you sort of mentioned that it'd be good to to work with Kai again. And um, I mean, having worked with both of you before at the same company, uh, that's a, it's a really good combination to have both of you on the same team. So I think it works. It's going to work really nicely um, for, for you to be working together again and, uh, and building software and, Thank you know, you. putting into practice all of the good... Uh, the good principles that we talk about on this show <laughs> and that we uh, uh, wish that we could exercise uh, when we uh, work for people who pay us. <laughs> but, yeah. Yep. And hopefully in the future also provide yeah. cool work opportunities in, in this fine city um, for Australians that want to relocate. Fine city. Well, I didn't realize you incorporated in Sydney. <laughs> I didn't say in this fine Sydney. I said in this fine city. <laughs> um, um, anyway, no, it's it's good. Yeah. Um, and congratulations. Thank you. And I'm really excited Thank to, you. Uh, yeah. to hear how I things got go some, and to talk about it a bit more. Yeah, we got some really good feedback as soon as we um, start, made this decision, as soon as we started talking to people about it. So... I'm very happy to hear how supportive everyone is, and um, yeah, I, I think it will be think it will be great. And I haven't worked with this type of flexible work where I'm able to sort of alternate between projects and my own things at the same time, so that will be super exciting. Um, and yeah, I'm just really looking forward to being more flexible in that way, and it will be great. Mm. And now no one can force us to implement a 12 analytics library anymore. Oh, I think we need that one. <laughs> At least 12. <laughs> At least 12. I've heard it. But is it really a show of iOS devs if someone doesn't quit their job at some point? <laughs> I feel like this this is inevitable. Uh, yeah, we'll be good. Hmm. Do you have like a cool quitting story? Like, did your shoelace break or <laughs> did you get a sign Damn from it, we above? We didn't make up a cool, cool uh, quitting story. Uh, I mean, 
That's I'm, right. The next time you quit, <laughs> if that works, no, that's not how it works. No, I don't know. I hope it's not. Uh, it's not how it works. <laughs> um, uh, no, I, I do think no, we might have not. a cool quitting story, but I think we should hold it for our, for a future date. Ooh, okay. <laughs> I'm looking yes. forward to hearing this. <laughs> I want to keep our audience, uh, our Engaged. subscriber numbers up. Yeah. Don't you worry. <laughs> well, th- th- that we just lost over the last five minutes. Uh, um, yeah. What do you mean? People love hearing about... People's failures. Quitting jobs and... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think... I think this will be good. I, I, did, I don't feel like we need to be negative about this. I'm super excited. Me too. Yeah. Cool. All right. Then the next most important topic on this list, marzipan bundle IDs. Yeah, I didn't write this. Oh, man. What is this like? I write this one. So I'm glad. I'm glad we're getting the opportunity. Are you doing <laughs> the dishes now? I'm glad we're getting the opportunity. <laughs> uh, Marzipan. I'm glad we're getting this? the opportunity to talk about this. So, Mar- oh, Marzipan, Catalina, uh, Catalyst, Ca- Project Catalyst applications. Um, so, I and Anakai, you've done work with Project Catalyst. Yes, um, I have. I I started doing work with Project cool. Catalyst. I really appreciate how Um, long you make this name. It's great (laughs) to always include project. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) What what have you been up to? So, well, I ticked a box. Well, actually, no, no. (laughs) I think I mentioned last week I was building the iPad app because you have to have an Mm -hmm. iPad app or you have to support Uh the iPad before you can support the Mac with with UIKit for Mm -hmm. Mac. And... So then I, I did all the iPad work and I got that finished. I mean, it's not in a shippable state, but it's in a I'm happy to use it now state. So, you know, thumbs up from me because I don't have to ship for two months. Um, and then I ticked the little Mac box and I, I uh, fixed some things up. Most of the compatibi- compatibility so when, issues that arose so were around So when you ticked the box, shortcuts. you got compatibility warnings? Or errors? Uh, I got I got build errors. So I couldn't build okay. it because none of the shortcuts APIs are available on the Mac. Oh, so yeah. I had to, if target environment UI kit for Mac out my code. <laughs> okay. if that makes sense. Um, because because apparently if target environment Mac OS doesn't work, I presume that would mean app kit like you have to be building an app kit app for that to work but for like 10 minutes i i went through all the code that was giving me errors and i i i like comment or not it's not commenting out it's um conditional compiling whatever it is i added that line to all of them and then it's like oh it still doesn't build what's going on uh, and then i found a very helpful resource on apple's website um developer website that said you need to do if uh, target environment you like it for mac anyway that was not the point i was trying to make um I probably would have known that if I'd watched a WWDC session video. I'm going to do that tonight. It's on my to-watch list because I figure now that I'm up to this part, I should probably have watched the session to, to pick up some information. But I did want to talk about bundle identifiers for these UI kit <laughs> for Mac applications. I love talking about bundle so identifiers. So by default... Aren't they... Yeah, bundle identifiers. Aren't they great, smooth? Right? They just roll off oh, your tongue. They, they roll off the tongue, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when you tick the box by default, you get... So my the bundle ID for, for Petty is the app that I'm updating is uh, zacksim.1, which is my domain name. And I didn't want to reverse it because I think this is kind of a cool uh, bundle ID. Anyway, I've used it for years. Uh, zacksim.1.petty. Uh, so that's domain name, application. Very simple. When you enable UIKit for Mac, you are automatically given a bundle identifier that uh, appends UIKit for Mac before your bundle identifier. Yeah, prepends and then, and then. <laughs> prepends on Mac. But the on Mac isn't... So it's not like petty on Mac as in one word. It's petty space on space Uppercase Mac. M- so now you have spaces. Oh, and Now you have spaces. Yep. Yes, you have spaces in a bundle identifier, oh. which is... Absurd. So, anyway, you need to... Apparently, a requirement is that you need to have... uh, If you want to take advantage of Xcode's automatic code signing, and who doesn't, especially when you work by yourself, it is the one true way to code sign these days. Um, So, of course, I I didn't want to change it too much because uh, I don't like it, but I also I don't really want to have to deal with manual code signing again. But the condition that I read was... I think Apple has a tutorial of... 13 simple steps to change your bundle identifier for your UI kit on Mac apps, which basically means Only opting, 13? I'll do opting that. out of uh, um, automatic signing, do all the like mm-hmm. 11 manual signing uh, steps, and then one where you actually change your bundle identifier. 
So, <laughs> so yeah, I didn't want to have to do with that, but it did say you only need to have. It only needs to be appended with UIKit for Mac. So then I did that. I, I changed it to get rid of the on Mac at the end, and it gave me some really weird bundle identifier where it tried to add on Mac to the existing one. Anyway, it just got really weird. So what is with this? Like, why UIKit for Mac is not even? It, it doesn't even like look good or sound good. The or, thing is, wh- no. Why one- can't we have custom bundle so identifiers? The thing is, no one will care. No one. No one but you cares. <laughs> You're by yourself. I care. You're by I yourself. I Make your life care. easier. Actually, just just no, 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 in. no, no, no. People, can, if on the Mac, this this matters more on the Mac than on iOS because if you ever go into like your cache library or something like that, you have all your bundle you identifiers, and what you're just gonna have twenty that are UI kit on for Mac. It's it's ridiculous. No one's going to do that. You'll be fine. I'm sure Apple has an idea of why they're doing that. So next year when they bring all of this together. <laughs> All the apps that just conform with Apple's automatic naming will just automatically be nicely integrated into one bundle. Do you seriously believe in that? Yeah. If if you've changed anything, now you have this nightmare of dealing because you decided to not obey. You now have to deal with all the issues. Not only do you have to deal with the issues today to opt out of it, but you will also have to deal with the issues in the future when everything comes nicely together. But not for you, because you had to change your bundle identifier. I'm not changing my bundle identifier, but I hate it so much. (laughs) It just feels stupid. Like, even Catalyst. Would be better, like if you if you append it with Catalyst. Well, that that name know. change was too last Mac, minute just... to make code changes. Yes, so. we know. <laughs> yeah, but like also, why? Like I understand they, one or the other. They like, also don't need it to you be like spaces, it for Mac or right. Sorry, like there's no reason why they need to keep the spaces in between. They could at least make it no like a camel exactly. case string or a dotted string. Oh. Well, it's not. Yeah. Okay. It's, because what I really wanted was zaxamone.petty.one. Uh, sorry, <laughs> zaxamone.petty.mac. That's the bundle idea that I want. It's like for the watch app, it's .petty.watchkit app or something. So it's like, I don't know. Yeah. It's frustrating. It will I be all understand right. your anyway, pain. It is what it is. I agree. It's not nice, but I don't know why, why it had to nice. be in the beginning and the end and why they had to be different formats in the beginning and the end. Yeah. But that's what we got, and we'll be all right. It feels so half <laughs> but like they can't change this in a, a future beta because it's like it's set now. Yep, people have used it anyway. Yeah. Anyway, so oh well, it is what it is. I just wanted to, I just wanted to complain for complaining's sake. <laughs> <laughs> that's how we make the world a better place. Um. <laughs> no, but if someone is still at the Apple team and considering, is there a better name to? <laughs> Go with for our bundle identifiers. <laughs> the oh, there, there is, is all of there them. Is. Marzipan would be better. <laughs> it's, that's is, not yeah. going to happen. Anyway. But yeah, yeah. if you still want to change it, I don't think people would be unhappy about that being changed to something better. <laughs> uh, so listen to Zach. See, yeah. that's why it's sometimes okay if you have one person in charge of making decisions rather than multiple. Unless that person made a wrong right. decision. And well, that is... Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think often wrong decisions are better than... than what do you call that? Like a compromises? No, like a when a group of people democracy? No, <laughs> yeah, I hate democracy, <laughs> dictatorship for everyone. <laughs> what is it called <laughs> when there's? Um, let's make that a snippet. We're sharing <laughs> yeah. this. <so> we can <laughs> I can just imagine people sharing this. Please, uh, uh, don't do that. What is it called when when like a group of people make decisions and they're like? Oh, like the 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 flag, the Canadian flag was designed by oh, a committee. Committee, committee, yeah, yeah. committee. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan of. So we need a marzipan. But I look mean, at the Canadian committee. flag; it's amazing. Well, <laughs> and that was designed it's by a, a committee. It's a maple leaf that's everywhere else in Canada. How hard was that? <laughs> well, you have stars, which is everywhere in the U- in Australia. How hard was that? Yeah, we we just stole it from the the UK. It's great. <laughs> yeah. And then, who's was first? You're so New Thank Zealand. Thank you, kind of. I, uh, Probably. I'm going to say us because, because, because it would you're be un-Australian to think New Zealand beat us to something. <laughs> and then New Zealand uh, decided, no you know what? Though. We like the Australian one, so let's let's just add a red color to it and call it a day. No, but yeah. I assume that the Australian... Well, I think they, they have ca- slightly different uh, star formation. Ooh. Well, not, not really. They have another small thing under the... Right? I don't know if anyone cares. 
<laughs> no, they do, they don't have the star oh, under no, they the don't, union they, jack. They don't, and they're yeah. missing the one star between the easternmost yeah. and the sou- southernmost star Why? because can apparently you can yeah. see that one yeah. from New Zealand. I don't know. Okay. So, um, actually, f- New Zealand's flag was earlier. So it turns out uh, New Zealand adopted a flag in 1902. That's so mean that, and Australia that New Zealand are the ones thinking of changing it. 1945. When it was clearly, it's clearly <laughs> Australia who should change their flag now. I mean, both of them should change their flag. That's true. But yeah, so Australia got to their flag design 52 years after New Zealand. Wow, so. that's a long time. So Australia was like, hmm, we like that one. Let's take that one. <laughs> but change the color of the stars and add another one. Well... Yeah. Australia well, steal everything from New Zealand. Welcome to Fun with Flags by <laughs> Sacks and Mo- No, I think, I think we should call it number. only flags. Only flags. No, no, no fun here. <laughs> no fun. But, yeah, there's, but there's some no flags. fun here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. anyway, New Zealand has a cool flag. <laughs> Gotta give it to them. Yeah? What? Australia has a pretty good flag. What? Wait, no, what's no, what's wrong with New Zealand's flag? Good. It's they, like how it's well, like they're not independent in any way. It's like it's like a union jack and then oh, some, sure. some random stars. Yeah, yeah, that's the flag. <laughs> I see no problem with this. <laughs> see, the, that's uh, why I said no fun here. So let's move on to Swift UI stuff. Okay. Uh, before before this is escalating, how a maple this, leaves better, and this is the last oh. episode. Our 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 discussion about New Zealand's flag. Not worth it. Not worth it. Man, don't diss New Zealand. They're cool people. Yeah, we're just dissing the flag. Uh, anyways. Don't diss the flag. It's the New Zealand flag. I don't know. Uh, you can diss the New Zealand flag. And also dissing they want to the change Australian it anyway. flag. Just, just so you know. No, the Australian flag is fine. Anyway, Swift UI, right. readiness, and architectural changes. What do you guys feel about this? So, how long would it take to recreate those flags in Swift UI, do you reckon? <laughs> beautiful bridge. Beautiful. <laughs> um, <laughs> Probably not very long, um, but that's not no, th- that's, not. that's <laughs> not what we're talking about here. Um, Kai, yes, this is actually a topic that's aimed at you. Oh, is it? Yeah. So you and I were talking a couple of days ago about Swift UI, mm-hmm. um, and it felt like you have sort of been going back and forth about whether or not you're excited about it or whether or not you're like, uh, I'm not sure if it will work. It's not. I mean, I I wouldn't say I'm not sure if it works. I mean, it's obviously, just- it's technically functioning i just mean if it will be beneficial in the long term mm. not even that so much so the more the more i read and look into swift ui the more i'm like uh, certain things are just feeling a bit like during presentations during wwdc a lot of things seem to be incredibly simple and a lot of tedious things becoming almost trivial to implement instead and that was kind of exciting. But now the more I look into it, there are like weird edge cases where you now have to, before that, if you write Swift stuff and you call Cocoa stuff, uh, you, you, if you had a good understanding of the Swift language and, and Objective C, you kind of understood what happens behind the scenes and you had a really good understanding of when things happen and why. So writing the thing might have been a bit more complicated, but then understanding, like debugging issues was very, quite trivial. Right, because you can kind of see exactly where it's called, and anyone yeah. that worked in a code base that has crazy hundreds of layers of abstraction knows how annoyed it is to to trace bugs or or weird behavior. Is it just take a sheet of paper, start writing the class where you set the breakpoint, and then go backwards from there? Yeah, when you get to a point where where the um the call stack is so long that you can't find the actual start of it anymore, you, you it just makes debugging quite difficult. And I feel like with SwiftUI, I sometimes run into that area because there's certain things like at the moment, right? If you have a um, two view controllers, they're kind of in a nav stack. What happens is when the, the the default view controller is being initialized before it's being presented, for example. Yeah. So it's in memory before it's even displayed. Yeah. And that, that is, is, that, is that similar to view will appear or would it be like an initializer that's already... In general, in I think... For Swift UI, you should go away from view life cycles. Yeah, no, I'm just meaning in terms of equivalency. It's being initialized. Okay. So everything that happens in your in your um in in your view class, so in your body, that will be like let's say you initialize a date formatter in that part because you want to in your detail view, uh, you want to initialize I don't know 
uh, you want to show some dates. So if you initialize a date formatter there, it would be initialized before that view is even presented. And if you, because mm-hmm. if you some... Yeah, that makes sense because they're all dependent, like they're all dependencies for the master view. So it needs to initialize all of its shard views and the objects that are part of those shard views. Yeah. So yeah. that means in general, if you have like views are becoming smaller and smaller, but if you have something like initializing or changing a date formatter in there, it's crazily inefficient because it might uh, do that for the entire view hierarchy before you even get there. And those kind of things, it just feels like a different type of hidden... Um, what would you call that? Hidden um, performance or or implement? I mean, t- realistically, that's an implementation detail that you now have to learn about how SwiftUI does those kind of things to then avoid them. But it feels like you're kind of exchanging SwiftUI Swift complexity, which before that was Objective C complexity, for for layer of abstraction that seems to make it more. It makes it easier to run into those kind of inefficiencies without even necessarily understanding or, or realizing that those things are happening. Do you think that's because people don't really know what separation they should p- make between the UI and the models in I this mean, in this new that setup? That kind of brings us back to where would you do that then? Otherwise, you would have to have the date format or kind of up the chain or in your environment. It just I feel like first, first when I saw SwiftUI, I thought, all right, you, you put as much into view as as possible because that way uh, you can have them as units, but you kind of can't necessarily have that. So then you have, I, I don't know how you would do that. I, you put it into the environment, but then it's kind of almost like a singleton that can be accessed everywhere. But then your what your, if you your view somewhere the... down the hierarchy requires access to something in the environment that needs to be there and then if what if you not... put it in the master view but you, you treat the master view more like a view controller and that one contains yeah, but that. then you, then you don't really have the benefit of having like small independent views anymore i guess they... i still don't think these this logic belongs in the view though yeah, but where it does doesn't... it go that's what <sighs> i'm thinking maybe the view just needs that to be passed to the view i haven't looked at SwiftUI as much as I would have liked to in order to make this argument but I'm just thinking could you architect it in a way that uh, the master view is sort of like your uh, overarching view controller which contains this date format uh, date formatter and then it provides some type of uh, callback function to its shard views um, so that, that the shard views can actually access the dates is that a thing that you could do and like add those um, callback functions um mm. On initialization of the shard There's not a lot of, like, no. Uh, no? delegates or anything like that. Yeah. Which is kind of what... But I was hoping to move described. away I mean, from delegates. I was thinking to... more... Yeah, maybe it could be a binding equivalent. I was thinking more in terms of um, injecting a function uh, into the view, when into the shard views when you initialize them. Either way, um, I think... I mean, we, we'll... Y- yeah, that, that could work, uh, Marlon. Yeah we, yeah. we will learn more about this uh, every day that passes. It's just um, I'm I'm kind of on this roller coaster of being super excited about Swift UI and then kind of being like, well, we're just exchanging one complexity for another because like debugging. I mean, at the moment, obviously, we're it's still early and tools are not ready. But if you if you've seen any errors in Swift UI, it's it's like impossible to figure out what's going on. And those things will get better, but I don't expect them to be perfect even for for GM release. And it, as I said, it's it's probably getting to going to be better and maybe it's it's getting further than I think right now. But it's like there is a lot more abstraction happening, which means you as the person implementing this stuff is further away from from the actual course the, the actual cause of the issue. And at the moment mm-hmm. in my roller coaster ride of uh, uh opinion about swift ui i'm a kind of kind of in a down slope again yeah just because i feel like it's it's a bit annoying to to not know what happens or having yeah. to look through try to understand implementation details that apple's obviously not really willing yeah, to share yeah. you know it's also like a lot of yeah it seems to be apple's not very excited or or willing to to tell how they implement things so if you run into yeah. issues it's, it's a lot harder to figure out what's happening yeah um and it seems like a way more fundamental you're fundamentally relying on that more than than you were before um in in 
pre-Swift UI, UI building and those kind of things. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of going up and down. And I think that's a trade-off you have to make with Swift UI is trading the, the ease of building views with the confusion around and sort Debugging. of the lack of transparency into what is actually happening. Mm. Yeah, but it's like yeah. you you it's it's essentially again a trade of complexity. Do you are you happy to have a simpler definition of your views and and your UI code to then potentially running into more issues at debug time? Yeah. I also think I want to touch us I want to elaborate on something you touched earlier on earlier Kai. Um I think it might, I'm, I'm concerned that if people don't really, if there isn't really a strict guideline or a strict sort of, or, or, or some recommendation by Apple of how you should separate those things, then may, if people don't know the underlying complexity of uh, initializing new views, I think everyone would potentially not even know that the shared views are going to be initialized by default as soon as the parent view is initialized. Uh, or the super view is... Like the master detail. Yeah, the master detail view is initialized. I'm concerned that this will lead people to using bad architectural patterns in the first place because it's so easy to create those views, but you might potentially put a lot of things that are... A lot of costly operation in each individual view if you don't know about this sure. complexity. Uh, and I'm, 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 I mean, from people we spoke to, it seems like the general general advice is... Views as lightweight as possible. Like, don't do, don't have any 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 kind of heavy operation inside of you. Yeah, views. but then I sort of asked in the labs like how they are thinking of that working, and I was sort of hinting at them potentially, like at Apple potentially suggesting. Like, I, I was thinking Apple suggested us to use um, a more like MVVM approach, but mm-hmm. it didn't really feel like that's what they were imagining. I mean, different people. They, they mostly they were mostly talking about that you should split your views up into multiple different parts so that the views can easily be reusable but it didn't really mention anything of where the model should be how did you guys see in my mind that's where the data model comes into it where if even if you populate a data model with raw data say from back end somewhere that you then in that data model can perform calculations or do changes on that data or whatever you need to do before it's then offered up as a change that the view responds to. And that could be completely incorrect, but that is the approach that I'm taking when I'm building things with SwiftUI at the moment. And it's it makes it partly a view model as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you could potentially uh, change the data before putting it into a data model. So you could have a view model that that feeds the data model and then the view responds to that, but then it feels like they just serve very similar purposes and can be brought together. So I don't know. It's really tough. Yeah. <laughs> it's really tough. I mean, yeah. we'll, we'll, as I said, we'll have a better idea of all of this by every day that passes by. But at the moment, I'm a bit more reserved again. Uh, I, it might swing back. That's usually yeah. kind of how it goes anyway when learning new technology that you're like, Ugh, I knew how to do it before and now it's weird. And then yeah, you get through that be... and you're like, hey, now it's amazing because yeah. now I know a thing that I didn't know before and now it's simple. Yeah, I think it will be interesting in the same way as um, I think many people were trying to find the ideal architecture once Swift came out, especially when, since Swift did more uh, project um, pro- protocol oriented. Um, I felt like many people wanted to sort of come up with new patterns and new ways of structuring your code. Well, as Objective-C was sort of already, like people already figured things out, but I think um, the same thing will probably happen to Swift UI. I think as this progresses and as more people try to experiment with it, I think there will be more and more architectural approaches coming out for those things. Um, but I am really It's not about coming out. It's more about... I mean, UI kit was very obvious that Apple said MVC is kind of your baseline. Yeah. You can go crazy from there, but... MVC is where we start, and then if you need to go more complex, which most people realistically didn't need to, but they did it anyways, um, y- you can you can go from there. And I feel like that is at the moment still, <sighs> at least I I have feeling that it's like it's not as as uh, it doesn't feel like there's as universal of a recommendation apart from make your views like yeah yeah. So that's what I'm thinking too. I feel like Apple needs to have like some direction I mean, no no it would be helpful if apple provides some direction but i think I, realistically most people will try to come up with their own things in the same way as people don't really agree with mvc um so i think there will be a lot of different things coming up but i'm actually cu- like interested in 
reading more about those things and see how that progresses and potentially also try to come up with my own approach of how I feel this, uh, like how I feel this feels natural to work. Um, so yeah, I'm actually looking forward to it. <laughs> After talking about it now, I'm actually more excited about SwiftUI and <laughs> those ad- those areas of SwiftUI than I was before. So uh, yeah, it will be interesting. Mm. Are we done talking about Swift UI? Uh, for for sure. now. I, I think it's not a, to- a topic we will never revisit. I feel like it's sort of set in stone now. <laughs> yeah. These are our opinions, so they will never change. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, do we want to talk about the things that we like this week or things of the week, as we officially call the, the, the segment? The second group of things we like this week. <sighs> I like these things every week. <laughs> things we always like. Uh, so, Zach, do you want to kick us off? Um, I'm a little bit worried about your pick. Sure. Why? Yeah. Foreshadowing your trip? Yeah, yeah. It seems like you're not having uh, very okay. high expectations uh. on your trip here, or you're at least expecting to get lost when you're in Japan. Uh, so please tell us a bit about <laughs> well, the pick. <laughs> the pick is a book called Lost Japan by Alex Kerr. And I think I'll have like a Goodreads uh, link in the in the show notes. It's a book that I've been... I wanted to read one book on Japan to get, like, well, at least one book. That's all I've had time for in the lead up to going to Japan to have a little bit of uh, an understanding of some of uh, Japanese history. I realize now, uh, five days out from leaving, that I should probably also do some reading on customs and etiquette and things like that because... uh, the language thing is out the door. There's no way I'm learning that. So I should at least uh, know how to be polite in my foreign, uh, I'm sorry, I don't speak Japanese. Yeah, you uh, should not tip. Manner. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, you should, don't tip. And uh, also, apparently, you don't hand money to people. You put it in like a tray or something. That's what I was told the other night. So that'll be interesting. I should uh, I should do my research about that properly. It might just be like a thing in restaurants. I don't know. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, it's called Lost Japan. And it was just, it's a good read. Uh, it's a sort of insightful little bit of history into Japan. The author is a little bit nostalgic for Japan sort of before the war. Um, sort of he moved to Japan um, and and sort of has an affinity with Japan uh, from, from a young age. So I think he's pretty good perspective on on these things, writes really well. And it's just, for me, I found it really interesting to, to learn a little bit more about Japan, which is a country I don't know. I, I still don't know very much about Japan. Um, and it, it's some, it's a place I'd like to know a lot more about because it does seem to have a really interesting uh, history and is also uh, quite rich with culture as far as I can tell. So um, this book was, was quite eye-opening in that respect. And um, I, like I mean, he, he's a little bit nostalgic and he does sort of look pretty fondly on on the past um which i guess he didn't really experience but it's still um it's still really interesting uh, to know sort of what fascinates him about japan and to to read a little bit about culture and and how that has changed as well over the like in in more recent times so yeah that's my book uh if you're at all interested in japan you should you should read it it's interesting um yeah cool hmm. um i think how how your uh chopstick Chopstick skills. I can use them to consume a meal. Right. I actually did last <laughs> night. So um, I, I went to a Japanese restaurant in Sydney. So right. I, I, um, I I can do. It's not. It's not exactly elegant. Like I'm not a pro, but I can pick up food and Th- that's a good consume start. it. And yes. So I think you will have right to there. use some I, of those skills. Yeah. There's uh, one country yes, where yes. you do it with chopsticks. Where like if you eat something soupy. Like if you if you're like slurping the soup, it's seen as like you're really liking it. But in a different country, it's seen as you're not enjoying it at all. So you should probably look up the difference. Oh, no. <laughs> I think slurping soup is okay. Okay. In Japan, I just don't remember <laughs> if it's offensive or if it's en- no, encouraged. No, that should be okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. These are these are the things should, that yeah. I should. Uh, Otherwise, should check. but as, I mean, again, like I'm not. Sorry. As an Australian, the the go to t- go to tip is take your shoes off when you enter uh, someone's home. Oh, good um, point. That is very much the norm there, and usually, I mean, you probably see it. like just look out for. Usually, there's a rack for your shoes. So you put, when you see a rack and everyone being bare, or I don't think it's a rack. I think it's a square. 
anyway, there is a place for shoes. So if you see a place for shoes, you're probably expected to take shoes off. Otherwise, don't tip. Uh, if you go to a restaurant, they give you a small wet cloth. Use that to wash your hands and then put it to your side. Don't use it for anything else. That's that's gross. <laughs> okay. uh, so it's for your hands and then you put it on the side. And then you're not touching it, especially not with your face. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Those are my, my three go-to tips. All right. Cool. Thanks. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I'll mostly be in very touristy parts of Tokyo, <laughs> so should be okay, but still it would be nice to, to uh, have a little bit of an understanding of how I should behave. <laughs> in general, yeah, in general right. good, good, good thing in to know. Gen- yes, I need to learn these things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so, on that note, Kai, what's your pick for this Oh, I week? forgot that I haven't picked yet. Oh, you um, have put a pick in there. Hmm? You have a pick in there. Oh, right? you also have a pick. Somehow, I know. Zach, no, Zach didn't even do last. I don't know. I, I just, I got lost. In Japan? <laughs> uh, okay. um, all right, my pick is well. <laughs> Alfred 4. Um, I think I've picked Alfred 3 before. You keep on doing this. I feel like this shouldn't be allowed. You can't pick a new version of the same thing. <laughs> um... I mean, Alfred is, is. Yeah, I think we're going to need to introduce some rules, Marlon. Yeah. All right, we can, we can, we can do that. Do a diffing of week, the source but... code of the application you're using, and then see how much has changed. Um, <laughs> I actually don't really have anything to make this worse. I don't have a lot of Alfred for specific things. <laughs> I just thought it's a good opportunity to to uh, mention Alfred again because I think it's my favorite both clipboard manager and launcher application. Um, which is just, I, I, I think version four has some improvements to some search things and workflows, but I'm not really using any of that anyways. Um, but it was a good opportunity to give an application I use, uh, hundreds of times every day, uh, some more money. So I was happy hundreds about that. Hundreds of times every day. Hundreds of times every day. Wow. Every, that's a lot of clipboard Every management. time I hit command, comma, I'm using Alfred. So I would assume that's hundred times a day, but Wait, it, command, comma. Uh, command space. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, but there is a. They do have a stats menu, and it turns out, at least on this computer, I have used Alfred six thousand eight hundred seventy times. Alfred four specifically. I don't know. No, no. Since twenty eighteen, since November twenty eighteen, I've used Alfred six thousand eight hundred seventy times. Average of uh thirty point. Or twenty nine point four times a day. You so less 100. than I thought. Yeah. Uh, but still, <laughs> probably more than most other applications on my Mac. Yeah. Yeah, and Alfred Four is still good. So buy it. <laughs> cool. Nice. Um, All right. Um, so. Are you repicking something not, that just had a version bump? I'm not, but this is a little bit. Okay. okay. Uh, maybe it's not really accepted, anyways, for other reasons, but. I think this is fine. This is a companion to something you've picked before? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I have been talking about an app called Figma, or maybe Kai spoke about an app called Figma. It's a Mac app. Um, it's a design tool. Well, it's an Electron app. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's a way for you to design um, UI. Um, I have used it a lot to design um, different app UIs. And um, the thing I'm picking today is Figma Mirror. So Figma Mirror is a way for you. It's, an, it's a separate app. On iOS, for you to actually see the UI that you designed for a phone on the phone. Um, so it's a mirror of what you made in Figma. Very clever. Um, and it's really good because like, once you actually have um, designed something in Figma, it's great if you're actually going to be able to put it on a device and like play around with it and um, just see how it looks uh, size-wise and things like that and see how fonts are fitting and... like. All those things that are important to like evaluate on a real phone, because I think if you're looking at a big screen, it's hard to see how good it, like how it will actually look on a smaller phone's phone size device. Um, so this is really good. So it's a way for you to just run this design onto your um, onto your phone, and I really like that. Uh, the only thing I don't like about it is that it seemed to require you to run Figma on the Mac or a computer at the same, like in order to actually get it to run on the phone. So you can't run it, like you can't go back and look at the design independently. So that's a bit unfortunate. Uh, it would be great if you could do that, like just save it on the in the Figma app and then uh, be able to look at it again. That doesn't seem to be a feature yet, but might be coming soon. That would be great. Um, but yeah, 
that's my pick that of the week. might be coming soon based on any information no information or? i just feel like it makes sense as a feature <laughs> uh and if other people think so write think my message and uh encourage them to do this <laughs> um yeah no, it's it's great. So if you if you use Figma, this is just a perfect companion to tool. Mm. Yeah, sounds good. I've used something similar for Sketch. I mm-hmm. think it's called Sketch Mirror, actually. I think and so it's too. it's just a really useful tool to have when you when you're doing designs and you want to fling it across to a phone yeah. and uh, get a feel for how how it looks. Mm. Yeah, yeah. All right, there'll be a lot more design work coming up for us. Woohoo! I'm excited. <laughs> how exciting! Mm. Mm. Yeah. Be great. It's pretty cool. <sighs> All right. Okay. Well. Um, I hope you're still enjoying Japan. Um, I know we probably will <laughs> chat to you uh, as you're there. I hope there weren't too many Thanks. things coming out throughout the weeks that we were not able to talk t- about. But um, at least <laughs> yeah. we won't have to give well, hot takes. We might takes. have a, a backlog. Yeah, we don't have to give hot takes. Yeah. We can really. Well, the think next about episode we record. The next episode we record will be probably like six hours after I land. Oh wow! So. Who knows the state that I'll be Let in? Let us know but if you want let's us to hope reschedule. That there's tech that. news to talk about. Nope, no rescheduling. Yeah, I'll, I think I'll get back you can get <laughs> very fresh opinions about uh, uh, Tokyo that way. All right. <laughs> yeah, yes, fair yes point. that's what we're talking about. But in general, right, well, I, I don't uh, yeah, really we should mind that. I, I think we should stay away from being too news heavy. I think the, this episode and last were kind of news heavy because it was hard not to talk about those things. But I think in general, mm. it, it we were probably entering a. I mean, we said it three weeks ago, uh, but I think we're entering a less news-heavy period of of the year. So um, it would be fun to also tackle some more fundamental things that we want to talk about for a while, as well as some more... I mean, I don't think Apple will let go too many of their executives over the next few weeks. Um, (laughs) But it's really good timing for those kind of discussions because of like where you are in your place with the business as well. And I mean, there's only one person left with a job in this podcast. And unless this person is leaving, we won't have another quitting the job episode either. Uh, No, that is true. Maybe I'm getting sick of this though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Get back to it. Yeah. No, no. I think it will be interesting to talk about those things in the upcoming episodes. Uh, so tune in for that, everyone. Will be exciting. Yeah. Like and subscribe, and don't cool. forget to hit that bell button. Bell. Still don't know what that bell button does. It tells you that. Tell all your friends about Cup of Tech. <laughs> yeah. All all your friends. Don't okay. don't be picky all at all. Even the ones who wouldn't be interested. Have a friend that's never used technology before, tell them about our podcast and make them listen to our discussions about Swift UI architecture. I think that's the best introduction to technology. All right. And Johnny Ive's a household name. So that's at least. That will be fun. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, wait. Johnny Ive was last episode. Whoops. Oops. Uh, See? It was only an hour ago, but context. (laughs) Cool. All All right. right. Chat to you in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Have fun in Japan. Good night. It's oh, thank you. Ugh. Thank you. It's right. Ten thirty here. All right. <laughs> Talk to you later. All right. See ya.